Welcome to Building a Successful Startup with Lock8 and Christoph Mayer at the Apple Store Kfirstendam in Berlin. Please now welcome our guest moderator, David Knight, Editor-in-Chief of Silicon Alley. Well, thank you very much, everyone, and uh, indeed, welcome to uh, what should be a really fascinating panel discussion. Um, so we've got three people up here today uh, alongside me, one of whom is a name um, that is very well known amongst the uh, entrepreneurial community here in Germany, and that's serial entrepreneur, serial angel investor, Christoph Mayer. And uh, joining him will be the two founders of uh, a very exciting young startup called uh, Lock8. And to give you an idea of what they do, uh, we have a short video to show you. This is John. Like 63% of all bicycle users, John had his bicycle stolen, and it keeps happening. Oh, not again! Bicycle locks today are really old-fashioned. They're heavy, poorly designed, and have terrible value for money. Imagine John could take out his smartphone and locate his bicycle while the thief is on the run. We have invented the first GPS-tracked, siren-alarmed, sensor-enabled bicycle lock. Best of all, there's no key. It is fully remote-controlled with your smartphone. So, how does it work? With Lockade, John can secure his bicycle easily with a swipe of his finger on the app. Or, he can simply walk away to activate the alarm with or without the cable. Now, John's bike is safe. When a thief tries to tamper with the lock, it will trigger a painfully loud alarm since the cable is wired. And you immediately receive a push notification on your mobile phone, which allows you to react quickly. If he attempts to hammer it off, or if he uses a saw, the vibration sensor will also trigger the alarm. Freezing Lock 8 or attempting to melt it will be useless since the device also has a thermometer, which will trigger the alarm in case of an abrupt change in temperature. With the community alarm feature, you can add other people so that they also receive the push notification in case you're away. You can locate, share, borrow, and lend bikes. With Lock8, you can send an electronic key to your friends on Facebook and allow them to use your bike anywhere, anytime. So now that you've seen Lock8, I'm sure you're wondering how we came up with this idea. It all happened last year when Daniel's My Bicycle got stolen, so we decided to develop a smartphone-connected product for bicycle security. And now that the prototypes are finished, we're ready to go into production. But for that, we need your help. We'd really appreciate if you pre-ordered Lockade now and joined our community. Thanks. Thank you. Great. So uh, please welcome uh, Franz Salzmann, Daniel Zaharias, and Christoph Mayer. Please take a seat, gentlemen. So, um, we've seen a little bit of what Lock8 is, but uh, tell us, um, Franz, maybe you tell us a little bit more about the driving force behind wanting to create this product. Um, so, the driving force behind creating this product, basically, that's, that's developed at the beginning when our bikes got stolen, and actually, the story in the video is true. <laughs> our bikes got stolen in the university multiple times. We just sat down, met for a coffee, Daniel and I, and then uh, 
and you have a, an idea as a student, but you really just figure out over one and a half years, in fact, that the idea is really good, as, uh, as we've talked about, uh, about ideas uh, various times. We, we just noted that you, have a, you think you have a really good idea, but then you change, you, you give it a twist, you hear, you get feedbacks, and it took us a long time to actually develop the product that we now have. Because, because of what we've seen in the market, what does exist and what does not exist. And, um, and I think uh, particularly the twist for at the beginning, we, we wanted to develop a lock, we wanted to improve something, we wanted to create something that was not existent in the market, an electronic lock. And uh, we, built this, we built an alarm-secured lock with a vibration sensor, with a, uh, with a motion detector, and then we found out, well, wait, now we have something with which you can do much more. We have basically a product that is a platform for so many more features. And, and we found, after we launched the company only, um, how, how big the market is for so many other opportunities. And, and that's, so, so you can't really say that you have an idea and you say, oh, this is it. But it develops, and I think we've now, we've now got a platform, we've got a basic product that can be a, an iPhone for the bicycle with locking functions that has the ability to provide you so much more than just the locking mechanism. How long did it take you to, to create the uh, prototype? From, from, say, from starting to work on the project to having a functional prototype? Um, well, it's different because we, we had a lot of functional prototypes along the way. Um, we started with, uh, with sort of like a, a design for what we wanted, but then we realized that it, w it wasn't, it wasn't a, a sexy design. It wasn't something that we could, we could sell even though it was functional. Uh, so uh, in a way, we, we have two types of functionality. We have uh, functionality in terms of use, and also of user experience. So our first functional prototype, yeah, it worked. It was, it was a safe lock, but it wasn't something that people wanted. So it took us a few months to get the first one, but it's taken over, over a year to develop something that's truly a functional prototype. So um, Franz, let me come back to you. Uh, tell me a little bit about <coughs> the, the bicycle lock market, if you want, the space. I mean, it, does, it is one of these things that's just not been disrupted by technology. Um, so for a start, like why do you think that is? And secondly, um, what is it about um, your product that you think is really going to change the way that people use bikes? Mm -hmm. um, I remember well when, we first, uh, when I first met Christoph in Berlin, and Daniel was there as well, and we, we showed him the idea, and he said, ah. Do you really think this is the, that there is a big market for there? And then we did more research, and, and Christoph gave us great guidelines, and, and we, we met with more and more people, and I went to the bike fair in Friedrichshafen, for example, which is one of the largest uh, bike fairs in the world. And, and when going to the events, we've, we figured that the market is very big, because we showed pictures, and they said, whoa, does that product exist? And, uh, and you get a lot more feedback, and then you see that that uh, actually the market is there. Um, and obviously, we kept the idea to a certain extent to ourselves um, until we had a, the technology developed, because we didn't want to create a big bus before we had something in our hands. And uh, once we launched, um, that was in that was in November 2013. Um, we we got so much demand from all over the world. It was not only in Europe; it was in the U.S. 
a lot of demand from the US, from Japan, Malaysia, um, Australia, New Zealand, from all over Latin America. It, that, that just proves that the idea itself is good and that the product and the design that we've created um, is something that, that is needed. Um, Christoph, let me bring you in then. I mean, when, when did you invest in, in these guys? <coughs> well, in, uh, in the very beginning, uh, uh, just after they started the company. Okay. So w what was it about them, about them or about the product that um, persuaded you to put your money in? Well, uh, first of all, I, I, I was, you know, the, the, the passion and the energy of, of, of two very smart people going after a, a non-trivial problem. Uh, you know, I, having done myself uh, uh, a few ventures involving hardware, I know that it is, uh, that it is quite a challenge. You know, software is something you can control a lot more than software and hardware. Now, uh, I believe very much that, uh, uh, you know, uh, in, the, in the concept of a connected device. And uh, once I actually realize that the market is very large, uh, I found it uh, compelling. So, uh, you know, what happens nowadays is that a lot of more objects are being connected to the Internet. And out of this uh, new function, uh, you can turn what used to be an uh, inanimate object into a service. And I think this is one of the big opportunities that Locate has. Um, and when you, when you realize that, you know, there are billions of bikes uh, in the world, uh, there are billions of people uh, who have enough of having their bikes stolen, uh, and that's potentially a very powerful uh, uh, market to be, to be developed. Just as an aside, I mean, you're um, involved in several other startups that are to do with style um, and that kind of thing. How important for um, a functional hardware product like Locate is style, is making it look good and, and feel good? Well, I believe in branding online and I believe that that, that plays a role. I mean, in this particular case, uh, I think that it is a truly innovative product uh, that, you know, that is not yet on the market. So the challenge is actually going to be to create a market. But if once you manage to actually create a market, you also have a chance to to dominate the market. And that's, you know, that's an ideal situation. So, uh, you know, you, you get high reward when you solve complicated problem. And I think this is what this company is showing. So while we're still talking about the product itself, um, let me ask you something. We saw in the video what happens if somebody interferes with your bike. So you get a, a message on your smartphone saying somebody, there's a problem with your bike. You drop everything, like your man in the video left his breakfast, ran around the corner to where his bike is, and he's confronting someone who's trying to steal his bike. So what happens next? I mean, does it go any further than just saying there's a problem with your bike? Have you thought the, the process of this through to the end? Yeah, I mean, obviously we, we, we made Lockheed uh, as a means to attach your bicycle to something, to make it immovable but we also made Lockheed into a theft deterrent. So it's, it's active, it, it's smart because it knows what's happening around it. And if, if a thief tries to, to tamper with it, it will detect it, it will alert you, uh, but it will also alert the thief that this is probably not the bike that they want to, uh, to, to mess with. So it, the alarm will go off, 
it's it's not very comfortable to to work uh, on something if there's a, a very painful uh, sound being emitted by that thing. Uh, so we hope that you won't even have to c confront the uh, the uh, the thief. The thief will run away or or will just walk away as if nothing happened, uh, so as not to attract attention. Um, in the unfortunate and probably very unlikely event that the thief is successful in taking uh, your bike, Lockheed is still attached to it. There's a GPS tracker on it that you can use to see where your bike is. Uh, and hopefully you can also use that to pick up your bike. You can find that it's being resold at, a, at another place and just pick it up because th there's your bike there. Um, or maybe the, uh, the police can actually help you uh, recover it. Okay, so um, just to bring us up to date, you uh, won the uh, TechCrunch Disrupt uh, Battlefield competition in uh, November here in Berlin. Um, you've had a very successful Kickstarter campaign. Um, what moment are you at exactly? Like where, where exactly are you today? Um, so I can tell you exactly because I've just uh, finished <laughs> a, a meeting with uh, checking the status of, of what we're doing. So uh, we're readying everything for production. Uh, we're making sure that uh, the prototypes that we have are not just prototypes that you can make one of, but you can make thousands of, and you can make them uh, for as low a, a cost possible without sacrificing the, the, the quality that we need and, and the strength of the materials. Uh, so right now we're just finishing, making sure that everything that we've chosen is the right thing so that we can uh, basically give this uh, to um, a, a factory so that it can be produced in, in, in high volumes. And uh, would you be able to hazard a guess at when it might be on, on general sale? Uh, so we will be delivering the first pre-orders in, in May. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. That's great. So, so talking, we were talking briefly there about production, and, and it really brings me on to um, this idea of a hardware startup. I think we're seeing it increasingly um, here in Germany. And there are so many more potential problems with a hardware startup. I think Christoph touched on a few of them with software. You know, you write it, it doesn't work. All right, you go back and change some code. You release a new version, you see what happens. Um, you talked about producing several different prototypes. I mean, what challenges have you faced and, and, and what failures have you come across in trying to develop um, a hardware startup from scratch? Franz, maybe you want to? Um, so the, at the beginning, I, th I think what are the positive sides of creating a hardware startup nowadays? You have to look at it from that way. And uh, prototyping has become much cheaper with uh, 3D, print, 3D printing in particular. Um, it's, it's very easy to, to iterate, to create new versions, to change the product. Um, for example, at the beginning, we only wanted to create a very secure bike lock uh, with the GPS, but then we found out actually um, the market for renting is just as big as the market for security. And we've, we've now got requests from companies all over the world, hotel chains, restaurants, universities, who all say, look, um, we can actually um, create a mini bike fleet for us internally or, or externally. You can, you can rent out a device through Facebook, through to your family, to your friends, um, to people outside. You can make money with your bike. It's, it's an Airbnb for bicycles. And, and I think, that's the good thing about hardware startups today. We could adapt, due to the technologies available today for prototyping, you can adapt the product very easily to, to your market needs. Um, so Christoph, let me bring you back in. 
were you in any way put off um, about investing in, in, in a hardware startup, which um, one, uh, one of the problems, I guess, or one of the potential problems is that um, even if you create a successful product, it's, it requires a lot more to make a successful commercial product. Were you put off at all um, from investing because of, because of the nature of a hardware startup? Well, you know, there's a big advantage uh, in, a, in, a, in a selling hardware, I mean, we're here at the Apple store, uh, is that, you know, people tend to identify with our hardware and to, to uh, it's, it's, so in a way it's actually, it's actually easier to sell hardware. Uh, now, the, the challenge is, has to do with, with managing the production cycle. And and, uh, and and managing the whole production chain and the cash uh, flows involved. So, but but as Frank says, you know, the, there is a more and more know-how, and 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 you can say that the infrastructure uh, today to do so has uh, uh, has evolved. Uh, and and uh, you know, the 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 beauty of of being able to bring connected device to bring uh, intelligence in. Uh, in in areas where it didn't exist is uh, and the potential for that is uh, is is great and and uh, so uh, so I, I believe that that this is a this is a growth area generally speaking and now obviously we've been talking about it being a hardware startup but the software is is an incredible in incredibly important part of it as well so uh, tell us a little bit more about um, how you have managed to um, combine these two different threads. I mean, how how have you how have you worked in this this um, digital aspect? I guess, which is what makes it unique, or what what makes it better than the current offerings. Um, I it's completely true that once you go into a digital product, a, a digital hardware, you need software, no matter what it is. And we actually realized that you just you don't need one level of software. You need a lot of it. So you create the hardware in terms of the electronics, but then you need to create firmware for that hardware so that it works. And then you need to tell that hardware uh, how to work. So then you need to add software on that. But then you want to integrate it with something else. So how will it communicate uh, through the internet? So there you have to have servers and you have to have uh, communications protocols. And then you want to have the, uh, the tool that you use to operate that uh, piece of hardware with. So you need to make sure that it, it works on that device, which uh, we chose uh, would be a smartphone. So we started developing for, for an iOS app so that it could control uh, the incredible hardware that we had put into this new device. So all of these layers complicate everything. And when you make a change in one place, you have to uh, make sure that that change uh, happens everywhere in your system. So uh, building a hardware product is not building hardware, it's building a huge system of interacting elements. So um, talking about <coughs> monetizing the, the product, the y you sell it, obviously when you, like you earn money from when you sell it. Um, is the app free, is everything after free, or how is your, your business plan looking? Well, not business plan, but um, business model, should we say. So the, the app is obviously for free. We want everybody to be able to connect to the bicycle lock. You have a mobile phone um, and you can open and close and use the alarm system and uh, all the sensors that we built in uh, without paying. And uh, for some functions, particularly the rental functions, um, you will have to pay because we, we have uh, telecom operators that we 
that we are uh, cooperating with. We ha you have a SIM card in the device, and if you want to activate the SIM card, unfortunately, the telecom operators charge us money. <laughs> so uh, that, uh, I know they're annoying, uh, but uh, that we have to pass on. Um, but we want people to use as many features and functions, so we really try to make it as accessible and uh, as possible for everyone, so that so because we want to create an ecosystem of of bicycles, a, a global fleet of bicycles that one day you you go to London and you say, oh, by the way, I'd love to have a bike, and you just go on the Lockade app and you see, oh, in London there's this and this this bike, and I would like to rent an e-bike, and and Mike's bike is available from Friday to Saturday because he's not there, so he clicked the visibility button, and you can you can book it up front, keyless keylessly, you can go there, give it back, he can create a geofence, a drop-off zone, you can say, please park it again outside of my house. And again, if, y if you want to go to Köln, for example, or to Munich, you, you rent a bike for from a rental uh, service, but also upfront you can compare prices. We really want to create a market for, for mobility, and that's what the product has become. So um, let's talk briefly then about, um, there will be Q&A, by the way, of after this. Let's talk briefly, I'm very curious about the, the sort of relationship that um, an early stage startup has with its investors. Obviously, you've been working with Christoph. Um, I mean, I know some other startups that have, that have worked with him and they're doing pretty well, so there must be something there. Um, what, what's the sort of relationship like when you have somebody who's invested in you but is also, um, you know, it's not like, it, say with later stages where it's more about the money, I think with, with early stage investment, it's also about building a relationship, the sorts of help they can give you. What, what's it been like working with Christoph? Well, um, uh, Chris, it was w we've we've worked uh, before together. I I was uh, uh, I I could support Christopher in some of his uh, his ventures, which was incredibly fun. And, and I think he's not only an investor, but that that that's a different relationship. So he, uh, uh, it's a very very friendly relationship, and he's he supported us so much. But I think you you have to be very honest with everybody you have to be particularly transparent and honest with your investors no matter if it's a close friend as, as Christoph is with us or if it's an investor who just joined your board you you really need to not have any secrets just tell people up front tell you tell them how much money you have how many orders because you get so much input and and tips and that's eventually what you have you want to have a a board that cooperates that supports you and, and you shouldn't be afraid of calling them and saying, look, things are not going so well. Unfortunately, that hasn't so far with Lockheed, uh, but, but the moment this would happen, I think it's important that you can just call any investor and say, what shall we do? Um, I mean, Christoph, talking more, more, more generally, how, how, I mean, obviously with these guys, it's still fairly early days, um, but in your experience, has it been difficult to, um, to sort of talk about ongoing serious problems with um, a young startup who, who perhaps doesn't have the experience that you have? Um, I mean, is, is that part of the relationship that you find very important? Well, first of all, I didn't have much work because <laughs> I did, been doing very well. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, I guess, you know, is, is, uh, is every, every venture you work with is, is first of all, is a, is a, a beginning of a long-term relationship because uh, it takes five or six years to, be to build anything of value. So, so uh, and, and you know, personally, I, I really enjoy being involved in the early stage because there is this, this element of uh, discovery. You, you basically, you, you have to discover your model, 
you have to discover your market and and um, and and that I find actually quite quite enjoyable and and I guess that that uh, you know the, uh, the the biggest contribution is 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 to 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 to, um, to give to give to the or to transmit to the founders the courage that it takes to face uncertainty and and you know to to keep to keep uh, to keep looping for the right things and then to adjust actually to adjust uh, what you focus on depending on the phase you're at uh, because there is a uh, building a company is a is a multi-phase exercise and 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 the most gratifying uh, uh, exercise in when, when actually a founder is capable of moving from one step to another all the way to to a to a large corporation you know the, the founder CEO the and 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 so that's you know that's what you try to to uh, uh, facilitate as much as possible good okay well um at this point I think we're gonna see if we have any questions um, then we'll take it from there so if you want to put your hands up and I'll, I'll pick you out and uh, somebody with a microphone. There's a person there towards the back. Hands up, there we go. Hey guys. <coughs> hey guys, how are you doing? Hi, so um, I've got two questions. Um, one, why are you building a smart bicycle lock? And, and two, why, why do I need a smart bicycle lock? Um, I'm, I'm happy yeah. to take that. <laughs> no, I can take it as well. Um, because there's a need. Um, and I know that uh, we started building it because we found the need. Uh, the, there's quite a lot of things that uh, show you that there's a need for smart bicycle lock. Obviously, the security element. Uh, and by smart, we, we always refer to something that can react and can alert you. Um, uh, a passive bicycle lock, let's not even call them dumb or whatever, is something that's just there and you have to trust that it works. Uh, in terms of a smart bicycle lock, it's something that even when it fails, you know that it fails if it were to fail, and therefore you can react to it. So that, that for us was uh, peace of mind. So a smart bicycle lock provides peace of mind in one way. Uh, the next part that we added is the keyless functionality. And I mean, I, I don't need to explain that, but uh, I'm sure that all of us have struggled with keys in one way or another. They're mechanical. Uh, you have to jiggle with them if, I mean, with temperatures like this outside, uh, if it's really cold, you can't use the, the, the mechanical lock. It just doesn't work. It just stops working. Uh, so the, making it electronic and wireless has a lot of convenience in it. And then if, you, if you're carrying your phone, because, I mean, all of us carry our smartphones everywhere. So if that's something that's already in our pockets, why not use it for something else? So that was another element of convenience. And then the final element was make it available for more things than it's available. So it's not only a lock, it connects your bike to the internet. And how many things do we use today that we can use over the internet? So it, it was obviously a trend that eventually had to happen. We didn't realize it until we had developed a product that had the hardware capabilities to make it connected. Uh, but once we had it, 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 was, it was quite obvious that without kinetic, uh, connecting this to the internet, it wouldn't be the product that we thought we needed. It, it was a need that developed after we had solved the other needs that we had. 
Okay, let's um, uh, let's let's uh, let's leave that one here. Let's let's move on. Um, uh, Lindsay, yes. Hi there. You mentioned that you're going to produce this Airbnb for bicycles. Now, how does that sit with pre-existing municipal schemes within cities? Um, so, so right now, um, how does that? It, I have to respond to the previous question as well, because <laughs> it uh, really it reminds me of the day when my father came home with the first huge mobile phone, and everybody said, "Why are you buying a mobile phone? Do you really think everybody will have a mobile phone one day?" And uh, and now everybody has a mobile phone because there there wasn't a need until the product existed. And we, w if you look around today, everything is connected to your phone. You are basically managing your life with your phone. Um, and and the next uh, big thing is that, particularly considering mobility, that, that the bicycle will, will be connected to your phone. So that uh, taking it from there, I'd, I'd uh, jump into the next question, which actually um, is is particularly uh, answering is, is an answer to the first as well, because uh, municipalities contacted us and said, "How come this hasn't existed up to now?" And they actually, in front of our eyes, took out their smartphones and went and looked, googled smart bike lock, and they said, "True." You're the only ones. How come? I mean, that's so obvious. So uh, that that has uh, that has shown that uh, that it is a trend that was eventually going to come. And also, there are other companies um, thinking about doing this. So so uh, when we when we see the people we talk to, the governmental agencies, municipalities, um, also the private economy, um, tourism. Uh, we, we see that we, with this product, have something that is affordable all of a sudden. You don't need to build huge docking stations anymore, but with one mini device with a lock, you can have a bike fleet connected to the software, to our software, and um, manage with very little effort and money um, internal fleets, external fleets for your, for your friends, for employees, for the company, for the outside world, for cities. Um, you can have anybody join, you can have private individuals join a network, and that's uh, what I think was particularly interesting to municipalities and, and governmental agencies as well in the past months only. Okay, yeah. uh, good, let's uh, move on. There was another question. Uh, this one at the back here, or in the middle, on the side. Hey, just two quick ones for the Locate guys. Um, what was the hardest part of your journey so far? developing the locate and what was the biggest surprise you had so far um, <laughs> it's it's a very difficult question uh, it's development of such a product is an ongoing process so every time you solve a problem you usually create three more problems and once you say like oh uh, we need a GPS because we need to figure out where our bike is uh, but putting GPS means that okay now great, I know where my bike is, but how will it tell me where my bike is? So I have to add another element to it. So I think that the most difficult part of developing such a product is that you can't really predict what your problem is until it happens. And once you solve it, you have a new one. Good. Uh, who's next? Yes, there with your hand. Uh, sorry, yeah, that's the chap. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've gotten used to charging my phone every day and I've gotten used to charging my smartwatch every five days now. And um, with a smart lock that is connected and uh, uses energy, um, what is going to happen when I'm outside and uh, the energy 
is gone and my smart lock isn't that smart anymore. How do you how did you get get along with that problem? How long will my smart lock uh, smart lock uh, last and how often will I have to charge my bike now? I, with with anything that you uh, have, it depends on how much you use it, obviously. Um, if, if you're surfing on your smartphone all day long, you can expect to have to charge it all the time. Uh, but we knew that this was a problem because it's a problem that we face with smartphones and, and, and such uh, technology. Uh, so we, we put a lot of uh, rechargeable capacity on, on the lock, more than, than would be typically necessary for similar, uh, for similar devices. And then we developed something that is truly impressive. Uh, we managed to make an induction system, an electromagnetic induction system. Uh, so basically, every time you cycle, without any contact, the lock charges itself. Um, and then we said, OK, we solved that. <laughs> but what happens if it just so uh, if for some reason you don't cycle enough and the battery discharges. So we added uh, elements of software to prevent that from happening. It, it warns you, so warning is, is, is always important, and it becomes more efficient as the battery goes, uh, goes down. And then just to top it all up, we decided to add an extra battery uh, with a high capacity just in case. And you can charge it through a USB charger. And the next question exactly. will be, <laughs> what happens if your mobile phone runs out of battery? Um, then we, we built a key fob with which you can open it and close it, so you don't have to use your mobile phone. Or you can uh, borrow someone else's mobile phone, log into your account, and use that to open yeah. your Basically, your every phone will be your key. OK, so this time, a uh, question for Christoph. <laughs> uh, front row here. Being in um, quite a similar situation as uh, the Lockheed guys after like th several years of development of hardware and software together, um, I'm my main uh, question right now is what will be the easiest um, um, leap toward getting the right investors uh, to invest in my company? Will it be PR or how do you get to the right people to invest in your company? where you have to keep it under the radar in the R&D process. And now that you have something really ready, what is the best way to approach or? Well, <coughs> the good news is that uh, this, this hardware trend uh, has been, uh, is, is, is something that, that has come mainstream and that, that, that more and more, it, it, there, there was a time where venture capital would not touch uh, hardware with a, with a 10 feet pole. Uh, and these these times have gone. So some investors have more or less experience, and I would start with those. Uh, but uh, actually, funding uh, hardware-based startup, especially a, a hardware that's connected with a service and an, and uh, and, uh, and and a long-term business model, is uh, is actually uh, much easier than it was uh, a while back. Uh, okay, next question. Uh, yes, at the back, uh, sorry, not the back, on the side there. <coughs> um, now I, I got a question for Christoph. Um, do you have any tips or keys like when in pitching to investors maybe, like for, for a new startup? Thank you. Well, I mean, uh, it's a broad question, but uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, uh, understanding your key, your unit economics, you know, understanding the, the the you know how much it would cost to bring uh, bring con to bring people into your service and and bring them in into become a buyer 
and and what are the margin coming out of that transaction versus your cost base is is a uh, is is important uh, as 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 is understanding um, the ecosystem you are in you know it's very easy as a as an entrepreneur, which always rhyme, often rhyme with being passionate, to, to be very focused on what you want to do and, and to discard uh, the world around it. So in, in a way, it is good because it's how that's how people get to change the world. But at the same time, you need to understand whether, uh, whether this has been done before and, 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 and a level of understanding the the existing and future competition is 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 also important and then ultimately it's it's very much you know i, I you know you, one has to identify with with uh, with with one venture uh, because you know however successful one is uh, there will be extremely uh, hard moment in the life of a of a venture and 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 what makes a difference in in those situation is actually the uh, the the identification level of the entrepreneur with with uh, with his product and and so so I actually really believe that that's a key success factor in the companies that I see. Okay, and any more questions? Uh, yes, chap here uh, on the aisle. You get called a chap when the moderator is English. Hi. Um, before you mentioned your vision that um, you are creating the ecosystem for bicycles. Um, it sounds very much like a winner-takes-all market, and indeed your story is very compelling, but what can you do to actually dominate that market? Uh, it might be that the big guy, a big guy with the deep pockets is coming and offering the product for free. Have you thought about that? And there are, l l let me add something to that as well. Um, I mean, there is competition. There's at least one company I know of in Berlin that does something very, very similar. So obviously, I think part, part of that is getting the product um, to market early, but... I mean, how are you facing down your competition, and, and especially from big companies as well? It's a good question. Yeah. Um, competition in general is a very good thing. It proves that there is a market. If you're the only one out there, it would be quite sad. We'd actually be unhappy. <laughs> so we are happy that, that more people are coincidentally at the same time thinking about doing this. That's the first thing. Um, secondly, because uh, so at the end of the day, p people will not say, shall I get a smart bike lock? But I shall that they will say, which one shall I get? And the best technology will obviously win. Um, and the second uh, question is, is there, what about the ecosystem? Uh, it is not a winner-takes-it-all market. Uh, there are a lot of uh, bike locks provider out there at the moment. And uh, it, is, it is obviously convenient if more people have lock aids <laughs> than other smart, locks, smart bike locks. But through corporations, you can, you can provide uh, great services all over the world. So we, it is very difficult to, to dominate the whole world, world. But that's not necessary to be, to be very successful. And I think that's also the, the topic of today, how to, to build a successful startup, um, which obviously we're, we're honored to, that they gave us the title. But um, I think it's, it's more the people behind it that are, we, our team is now, uh, we have 12 great engineers and very smart people. And I think the important, uh, the important uh, thing is that at the end of the day, when the market wants you something to do, you can react quickly. You can only do this with a great team. Well, to that question, I think one of, one of, the, one of the chances that Locate has is potentially for a network effect. 
So, you know, uh, uh, I, I believe that, that you're talking with, uh, with uh, a large number of geographies and cities and, 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 and uh, once you have one system that works uh, all over the world in different cities in one country, you have a network effect and, and then it will be hard for others to catch up. Good, okay, uh, I think we've got time for another question. If anybody has, uh, has anything to say, oh, well, let, me, let me finish then, guys, and um, let me ask you this. Um, if we were to meet back here in exactly 12 months' time, and I'll ask you that first question again, where are you, what's going on, what do you hope to be able to say? I first, or yeah. you, um, you go? In short. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on, from my side, obviously, the product is already out there. It's being uh, bought. Uh, the feedback that we have from customers is, is excellent, and the additional feedback that we get from them uh, means that we can add additional features on and on because uh, the hardware has a lot of potential But we can build a lot of software. So we hope to build a product that evolves over time as well um, Actually today we want to make an announcement which uh, the formal uh, there is a formality missing which is why we decided to postpone this um, within the 12 months within the next 12 months um, I want to have various uh, announcements of the type uh, that of the type that we're going to make very soon, because uh, that will help our company grow a lot and very fast. And we want to be quickly in the market, and we want to ensure in 12 months' time that everybody is a happy user. Although, at the, uh, when you're a young company, uh, you you need to develop the product um, at the beginning. Well, as uh, someone who last year managed to break off a key in my bike lock on two separate locks, twice within, uh, within the space of four days. It was like minus 10, so it was cold. Um, <laughs> the bike then sat there for about six months before I finally got around to borrowing a hacksaw <laughs> and spent an hour hacking through one of the locks. So I took it to the bike shop and uh, I needed a new lock. And um, I saw one of those number code ones and I thought, I'll get that because I won't break any keys off. So I got that, within a week, the, the mechanism had broken and it was locked up outside the supermarket. <laughs> And I couldn't face going back to the same guy and saying, can I borrow your saw again? <laughs> so I put it off for two weeks, and two weeks later, bike's gone. It's gone. So um, I would like to put my name forward for a, a, a press version of your... We'll be <laughs> sure to give you one as soon as possible. Thank you very much, all three of you. Much appreciated, and I look forward to hearing what happens. Thank you. Great. Thank you Thank very you. much.